Hello and welcome to Unpacking the Case. In this Building Blocks episode, we're going to look at Midland Bank Trust Company and Green. Do you want to start with some background on this one, Richard? Yeah, it's a 1981 House of Lords case reversing the Court of Appeal decision. Uh, it's one of those degree level land law cases that the lawyers will have come across in their studies. And it's all about land charges and unregistered land. I'll give you the background to um, the actual the, the, the lawyers in, are always taught in, in land law about uh, well legal rights and unregistered land buying third party purchases, they bind the world, but equitable rights, such as things like restrictive covenants and estate contracts and uh, you know equitable leases that haven't got the relevant formalities and the likes. Uh, can be defeated by a bona fide purchaser for value of a legal estate without notice, as long as you paid some degree of value, consideration, even a massive undervalue. And if you don't have notice of the rights, you're not, uh, you're not bound by them. And notice can be either actual things you actually know, constructive things you should know, because you should have looked at the deeds in unregistered land before you bought, or imputed notice through your agents, your lawyers and the likes. Now, in, since 1926, in relation to what are called commercial equitable rights, there's no, well, they, they should be protected by land charges, classes HOF, land charges. Uh, and uh, this case was all about uh, what happens if they've not been protected by land charges, even if you know about them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to go into the facts of the case? Yeah, it all took place, so it involved a couple of farms. The, the main farm was some place called Gravel Hill Farm, which was um, uh, near Market Raisin in Lincolnshire, about a 300 acre farm. And the uh, original owner of this uh, land was uh, somebody called Walter Green. I'll sort of call them by their first names because of well, everybody's name Green in this case. Uh, they had let this particular farm, Gravel Hill Farm, to their son um, with an option to purchase uh, for um, what well, the option was granted for the consideration of a pound. And the option was, you know, you can purchase this land um, at a later stage for £75 per acre. Um, they that was uh, the son was named uh, Jeffrey Green in this particular case. Another son, Robert Green, uh, had been um, had a farm, another neighbouring farm, transferred to them. What seems to then have happened is that the well, the option is an estate contract. It's a contract to create a legal estate and land in the future, and uh, is an equitable property right just like the contract that you exchange contracts on before you complete on a purchase is, is an estate contract. And it should be protected by a C4 land charge at uh, the land charges department under what was the 1925 Land Charges Act, which uh, then became the 1972 Land Charges Act. The solicitors hadn't uh, registered the land charge, the C4 land charge, uh, in, a, in, a, in another case, uh, another argument that uh, the solicitors were actually successfully sued, a case called Midland Bank and Het Stubbs and Kemp for quite a large sum of money, but we don't know how much exactly. 
Um, but there seems to have been a 1967, there was a, a family dispute seemed to have arisen. And uh, Walter Green uh, transferred the land, the farm, to his wife, who was named Evelyn, as I recollect. And uh, the transfer was for £500 consideration. At the time, the land was worth £40,000 back in the 60s. Um, by the time of the case in the late 70s arising, it was worth about £400,000. And the real question for the courts, and this is why it's so significant, is what, um, you know, even if you knew about the, the option, it's not being registered as a land charge, do you take free of it? And what was the decision? Well, the Court of Appeal decided that if you actually knew about the option, then you would still be bound by it. They also decided that the consideration uh, needs to be adequate as well. £500 for a £40,000 property was not sufficient. But it went to the House of Lords, and in a seminal case, uh, the House of Lords said that's not the case. Uh, Section 4, subsection 6 of the Land Charges Act, 1972 Land Charges Act, now but it's 25 Act at the time of this case, says that a purchase of, of a legal estate for money or money's worth takes free and sections 198 and 199 of the Law of Property Act 1925, the gist of it is that um, uh, if something's registered as a land charge, you're deemed to have actual knowledge of it for all purposes connected with the land affected. And section 199 basically says it doesn't matter that you have notice of it. So the House of Lords in this incredibly significant case um, basically decided that there's no doctrine of notice as long as you're talking about options or any other potential land charge, restrictive covenances, the commonest of the others, uh, you're free, uh, even if you know about them. There's no doctrine of notice since uh, 1926. Has this case got any significance in relation to registered land? It's got more significance in rights. Imagine, A, there used to be a, an argument, a strong argument accepted by the Court of Appeal that if you had actual knowledge of uh, potential land charges, you were still bound by them. I think the House of Lords surprised quite a few people back in 1981 by saying otherwise, and lots of people over the years have never ever registered uh, land charges. I'd say the classic is perhaps not C4s, but D2 land charges. Um, the um, restricted covenants, which uh, can only be equitable property rights. And uh, basically what would happen in a in sort of unregistered conveyancing, which is becoming a bit of a dying art for some, uh, is you would do a land charges search before you purchase the land. And if something didn't show up, which should have been registered as a land charge, it didn't show up as a land charge, say a restrictive covenant D2 being the obvious, you would be free of it, according to this case. You then send off the deeds for first registration and the land registry's policy has always been to take the covenants off the deeds and put them on the register anyway which is where they stay um, unless you tell them otherwise. And lots of people have never told the land registry to remove these covenants. They shouldn't be there or these, whatever it might be, land charges. Uh, and people assume they bind. And if I was buying a piece of land, which um, I got covenants, let's say, created from 1926 onwards and prior to the conveyance that triggered first registration, even if it's been registered land for many years, I'd do myself a, a land charges search. And if it's not down as a D2 land charge, in my example anyway, it, you take free. So it's very, very significant.
I say lots of people never bothered registering these things because they didn't think they had to if they were in the deeds. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Thank you to Richard and thank you to everybody else for listening in. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in our next episode. <laughs>